Amen. So glad you're here with us tonight. You got your Bible with you? You'll know whether I'm telling the truth or not. I want you to turn me to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. You can find the book of Psalms, and immediately after Psalms, you'll find a book called Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. What did Jesus Christ say is the most important thing can ever happen to a person? So important, nothing else matters. What's the most important thing you can do while you're on this earth? Do you remember? Get saved. Jesus said the most important thing that can happen to a person is to be born again and be saved. He said in many places, but my favorite is Mark chapter 8, verse 36, where Jesus said this, What would it profit a man to gain the whole world if he lost his soul? So that tells me the most important thing I can do in my life is to, is to have my soul saved and know that I'm born again and to know that when this body falls over, when I croak, I see Jesus face to face and I live forever. most important thing you can do is to be saved. All right, and number two, after you get saved, what does the Bible say is the most important thing you can have? A lot of people miss this. What, is, what does the Bible say is the most important thing you should pursue and have after you get saved? You know what it is? It's Wisdom. Wisdom. The Bible said the most important thing you can have is wisdom because everything you're looking for comes through wisdom. And uh, our God is so good. Our Father's so good. And Jesus died on a cross to give you everything in life and everything your heart desires. But the primary avenue that he uses to help you and bless you through is wisdom. Wisdom is the way we find what we're looking for in life. So we're going to talk tonight about the power of wisdom, the beauty of wisdom, and uh, <clears throat> We're going to ask three questions tonight. Where does wisdom come from? Number two, what would wisdom do for me? What would my life look like day to day if I had God's wisdom? And number three, how do I obtain wisdom? How do I get it? I want you to look with me. And again, I want to say this, the most important thing you'll ever get, the greatest need after salvation is wisdom. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, where the Bible says this. Wisdom is the what? The principal thing. Some translations read like this. Wisdom is the most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. Well, if wisdom is the most important thing, I should get wisdom. I want you to look with me across the page probably in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 15, where the Bible says this. And listen, in Proverbs, wisdom is known as she, her, she. It's, it's a pronounced female pronoun. Proverbs 3.15 says this, She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. All the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Everything you want doesn't come close to wisdom. So the Bible tells me nothing compares to wisdom. It's the most important thing. And in all of your getting, get wisdom and get understanding. And so this, this tells me the greatest need of my life is wisdom. All right, quickly before we look at it. You know the difference between wisdom and knowledge. We got to know, sometimes people lump those two together. No, no, they're not even close. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. You, you can get knowledge with an education. My computer's got knowledge, but my computer doesn't have wisdom. You can have a great education and have no wisdom. You can be an educated fool. And uh, the Bible talks about wisdom, but, but knowledge is the accumulation of facts. You just got a big head. Let me give you the definition of wisdom. Wisdom is the God-given ability to make great decisions and live life skillfully. It's something God gives you. It's the ability to make great decisions. You, you'll look at a person that's wise and you say, they just know what to do, don't they? To make great decisions and live life with great skill so that you're very successful in what you do. So you see the difference between wisdom and knowledge. All right, we're going to ask this tonight. Where does wisdom come from? Uh, again, 
we put a lot of stock in education in this nation, and I'm pro-education. Uh, married to an educator. Both of my daughters are educators. And, and, uh, but education doesn't produce wisdom. Wisdom comes from somewhere else. And I want you to look with me in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says this. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and what? Understanding. What's the source of wisdom? The Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth comes understanding. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James. I want you to look at the great verse on wisdom. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Proverbs is the book of wisdom in the Old Testament. James is the book of wisdom in the New Testament. So you've got two books that focus on wisdom and living life so well and having a great life because you know what to do. Proverbs is in the Old Testament. James is in the New Testament. I want you to look with me on this simple truth about wisdom. In James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, right, I'm not, that's, that sounds a little hard, so we're not going to ask that. I'm not going to ask you if you lack wisdom, but do you know somebody that lacks wisdom? How about that? Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives to who? Does the word say all? Listen to what the Bible says. Any person can become a wise person. Anybody can become a wise person. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all. What's liberally mean? He'll give you all the wisdom you can stand. And uh, I love the translation says, and he doesn't fuss at you about it. <laughs> Without reproach, and it will be given to him. So the Bible tells me if I need wisdom, where do I need to go? I need to go to God. I need to ask him for wisdom. And he give, he, anybody, the, the Bible has one of the great promises in it. It talks about the road design. It said, even a fool, if he'll walk on this road, will be counted as a wise man. So the Lord gives wisdom to anybody that wants it. But he is the source of wisdom. I want to show you what it means. Let me show you what life will look like if you get this. I want you to turn there to 1 Kings. Go back the other way. We're going to break your Bible in tonight. 1 Kings. Chapter 3, does anybody know who the world's wisest man is to this day? Does anybody know? A guy named Solomon. Solomon's the wisest man that ever lived, and God said in his word, said Solomon's the wisest man that will ever live. Nobody will ever be wiser than he was. And I want you to look at what happened in this man's life. Uh, He had the unenviable task. Remember who Solomon's dad was? David. And David's the greatest king that ever lived in world history. He was the king over Israel, and David has just died. The great dynasty of Israel in its heyday, greatest country on the, on the earth at the time, in its greatest era. And uh, all of a sudden, it falls to this young man to take his father's place. I wouldn't want that. Listen, you don't want to follow greatness. You want to follow failure because you can't go nowhere but up. And he follows his father on the throne. And this is the night before his coronation when he's fixing to become the king in the footsteps of his father, the greatest nation on earth. And I want you to watch what happened to him. Something very unusual happened to him. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible said, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared Solomon, appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? You remember that from last Sunday? Where he said, Abraham, I'm your great reward. Well, he appears to this young man, a little nervous because he's fixing to take the greatest seat on earth, and he's disappeared. He said, I want you to ask me for something. Ask me for anything you want to. All right, let me ask you a question. If the living God were to appear to you like that and were to say to you, you can ask me anything you want to and I'll give it to you. Tell me what you want. What would you ask for? All right, let's read what happened. 
verse 6, Solomon said, I want you to look at his, I want you to listen to his heart as he answers here. Verse 6, Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, righteousness, uprightness of heart. You have continued this great kindness for him. You've given him a son to sit on the throne this day. Now watch what he says in verse 7. Now, O Lord God, you've made your servant king, talking about himself instead of my father, David. Watch what he says. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. What did he say? I can't do this job. I can't handle this job. I can't do what my father did. I'm, I'm just a kid. I don't know how to do this. Verse 8, your servant is in the midst of your people whom you've chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered. Verse 9, therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart. What do you ask for? Wisdom. I want the wisdom of God. I don't know what I'm doing. I want you to give me an understanding heart. And the Hebrew word uh, understanding here is the word hearing. He said, I want to hear, I want to be able to hear God with my heart, which is wisdom. He said, uh, he said, I, I want to be able to lead this people, but I don't know how to. And you're going to have to tell me what to do. You're going to have to give me the wisdom to do it, that I may discern between good and evil. Who's able to judge this great people? Now watch verse 10. The speech, the request, pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for a long life, riches, or for me to kill your enemies, but you've asked for justice and discernment. Verse 12, behold, I have done according to your words. I've given you a wise, understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any like you arise after you. What do he say? You'll be the wisest man that ever lived, and no man will ever live on this earth wiser than you are because that's what you asked me for. And then he goes on to say, and just to show you how good God is, he said in verse 13, I'm going to give you everything you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you riches, and I'll give you all that stuff too. Is the Lord good or what? So he comes to this young man, and he's got a task before him that's just insurmountable. He doesn't know how to lead this people. And he said, well, ask me for anything you want. And he said, more than anything in this world, I need the wisdom of God. I need to know what to do. I need to know how to lead these people. I need to know how to make decisions. And I just can't do that. And what he asked for so pleased the Lord. Now, now listen, one of the hinge pins that you need to stake your life on, this verse is Hebrews 13, 8, that says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what that means? If it pleased him back then, it pleases him today. And you want to please the Lord, ask for wisdom. Tell him, I don't know how to raise these kids. I don't know how to be married. I don't know how to manage the, the times that we're living in. I, I'm just a kid. I don't know how to do this stuff. But I ask you for a wise, understanding heart from you so I will know how to live well. That's saying, please the Lord. And he answered him and he gave him great wisdom. And so we find that wisdom comes from heaven. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And if you follow, the, if you follow Solomon's life, the Bible said that the kings of the earth came and asked permission to sit in his court and just listen to him because he was so wise. Now, some people say smart. Let's use the word wise. Matter of fact, the greatest ruler besides him was a lady. She was the queen of Sheba. And she came and just sat in his court and she listened to him. And she said, I had heard about how wise you were and how great you were. And then she said this, not the half has been told. She said, you're the wisest man that ever lived. I'll give you one example. The first uh, day on his throne, he had to make decisions for people. And uh, just here's an example. Uh, two ladies came before him, and uh, both of them were harlots. 
and they came with a case that he had to handle. And one of them was holding a baby, the other one wasn't. And, and uh, the truth was that both of these ladies lived together in the same house, and both of them had babies. Well, one of them said, last night during the night, she rolled over on her baby and suffocated it, and it died. She got up during the night and took her dead baby and laid it beside me and took my living baby with her. And when I woke up this morning, she said, I examined this dead baby, but said, this is not my baby. You've got the living baby. That's my baby. And the other woman said, no, 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 no. You, that's your baby, and you smothered it last night. Now, he's got to decide. No DNA testing back then. There's no, how are you going to make a decision like that? But remember, God gave him a wise, discerning heart. And uh, Solomon sat there for a minute on his throne, and he said to the guard, hand me your sword. So he said, lay the baby down. He said, I'll just cut the baby in half. Since we can't agree on who it belongs to, we'll do what's fair, and you get half, and you get half. Well, you said, don't sound wise to me. Hang on. And the woman on this side said, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. It's her baby. I lied. I'm sorry. Do what you want to to me, but I'm lying. Give her the baby. It's her baby. And Solomon said, no, it's her baby. The mother, let me tell you, the one that would give it up to keep it alive, that's a mother's heart. And people were amazed at how he could make decisions. How many of you like to have that kind of wisdom when your kids come and say, he did it, she did it? <laughs> we're, listen, our lives, we face decisions every day. You know what your life is? It's the sum total of your decisions. You are where you are today because of all the decisions you've made. More than I need anything else on this planet, I need the wisdom of God to make great decisions. What if you had this kind of wisdom? What if you could do what he did? What if God gave you that? You know what it do for you? All right, wisdom comes from heaven, or it comes from God himself. So this is where it comes from. Now, question number two. What would wisdom do for somebody? What would my life look like if I had that kind of wisdom? What if I had the wisdom of Solomon or the wisdom of God? What would my life look like? I want to show you something. Turn me to Proverbs chapter 3, and our Heavenly Father says, here is the list of what would happen in your life if you had this kind of wisdom. I'm going to show you the list. Proverbs chapter 3. I love the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is a Hebrew word that means short sayings of wisdom. Short sayings of wisdom or just uh, easy sayings of wisdom. And, and Proverbs is like no other book in the Bible. It's just short say, little short sayings that are packed with wisdom, compacted. For instance, uh, one of my favorites, I, I use this a lot, Psalm 15, excuse me, Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. Boy, that's smart, isn't it? Isn't it good to be soft and gentle with people sometimes and settle them down? Well, I got in trouble for quoting one one time, but I didn't write it. He wrote it. Take it up with him. Uh, Proverbs says this. Better to live in a 30-year-old broke-down trailer and eat tomato sandwiches out of your garden every night with a woman that really loves you than to live in a million-dollar mansion and eat prime rib with a woman who's got the personality of a pit bulldog going through menopause. <laughs> look it up. That's a little different version, but look it up. Well, it's true. It's you Just the wisdom of God is in there, and I love that, but <clears throat> in Proverbs, we find uh, the list when he says this. Here's what wisdom would look like if I found it. I was going to give you nine things. I'm going to list ten. Proverbs chapter 3. Beginning in verse 13, the Bible says this. Number one, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. What's everybody looking for? Tell me, if you find God's wisdom, what, you go, what comes with it? Happiness. Everybody's looking for happiness. 
So the Bible tells me that if I find wisdom, I'll find happiness. The Bible says gladness and happiness are sown for the upright in heart. He has made me glad. Well, our nation is struggling right now with happiness. We're also exercising less wisdom than we've ever exercised as a nation. And people have, have uh, you know, I, I was thinking about doing a sermon called When a Nation Loses Its Mind, but I don't want to offend anybody. But that means no wisdom. Let me tell you something. People are looking for happiness. Where's it found at? So I thought happiness was found in a new man or a new car or a new whatever. What does the Bible say? Happy is the man who finds wisdom or woman and gains understanding. Listen, you want to truly be happy in life? Get the wisdom of God. Find wisdom in there. And uh, number one is happiness. Number two, I want you to look with me. And uh, let's read happiness in verse 14. Her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. You know what the Bible just said right there? If you've got to choose between money and wisdom, you better take wisdom. Wisdom's better than money. Why does the Bible say wisdom's better than money? Well, let me tell you why it is in the Proverbs. If you have money, but you don't have wisdom, guess what's going to happen to your money? You ever heard this? A fool and his money are soon parted. If I've got money, but I don't have wisdom, I'm going to lose my money. But listen to me. You can have no money, but if you have wisdom, you can make money. You'll know how to make money if you have wisdom. That's why the Bible said you, want to, you desire wisdom above money. Its profit is a whole lot better. All right, verse, uh, let me read verse 15 again. She's more precious than rubies. Again, all the things you can desire cannot compare with her. Number two, length of days is in her right hand. How many of you want to live a long life? What's the word there? Health. How many of you know you have to have health to have a long life? And it doesn't do you any good to, to have a long life if you're so pitiful and miserable. You can't stand yourself or you can't stand. Listen, uh, the Bible said, and I quoted it last Sunday, 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Dear ones, if you, want a, if you want a great long life and you want to be healthy, you need the wisdom of God. So, so everybody say amen to that. Amen. All right, say amen again. You know I'm fixing socket to you. Say amen one more time. Cake is not healthy. Cupcakes for breakfast are not, are not wise. Not, thank you. Thank you, David. I wanted one amen out of that somewhere. <laughs> the Lord gives wisdom. Uh, from his mouth comes understanding. You say, what are you waiting on like an angelic? You know, what, you know what it sounds like? Put that down. That's wisdom. Let me tell you what it sounds like when God gives wisdom. Broccoli. <laughs> Twelve less beers, dear. We've got to get him out of this, this little aura of religious whatever. He's the God of life. And if you want to live a long, healthy life, you need the wisdom of God. Number three, look with me in verse 16 again. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, what? Riches. It was wisdom is where wealth comes from. I, I, uh, the, the Bible... I don't know what this, this Christian thing that if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to be poor and pathetic. I, I don't see that in Scripture. Deuteronomy 8.18, know you not that it is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to make money and make wealth? You know, wise people will be, you, say, well, you sound greedy to me. Let me ask you a question. Can you help people if you don't have wealth? I, I don't want a bunch of money to stack it up and sit on it. <clears throat> we saw the other day where we had about half million dollars in our mission overage budget. I said, get that out of here. I said, the last thing I want is for Jesus to come back and catch me with a half million dollars in the bank when there's hungry people need something to eat. 
I, we don't want to sit on it. We want to give it away. But you know, to give people something, you've got to have something to give. Amen. Freely you've received, freely give. And I got it, for instance, my buddy uh, Frank Harrison, chairman of Coca-Cola. He makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, and they pass through his hands that fast to go to Africa and help people. And it was the Bible said, the Lord gives you the ability to make money. But let me finish that verse. That he might establish his covenant in the earth. He, he wants to bless you financially so you can take care of your family and be relaxed. But bless me and y'all forgot that since Sunday? The prayer of Jabez, bless me and make me a blessing. Let me tell you, where's, where's, where's uh, financial security come from? The wisdom of God. In her right hand is wealth. The Bible said, that's number three. I want you to look with me. Uh, in her left hand, excuse me, it's in her left hand, riches. And what's the fourth one? Honor. You know what honor is? That's when people respect you and people honor you. That's when your children adore you and honor you and respect you. And the Bible's very clear. I want you to look with me at a, at a verse on the same page right there. Look me in verse... Uh, Let's just read a few verses. Chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. Let your heart keep my commands. Length of days, long life. What I tell you? Peace they'll add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around their neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And watch these words. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. You want people to respect you and honor you and esteem you? You get the wisdom of God. Who else does that verse say will honor you and esteem you? I understand finding respect in the sight of people, but the Bible said you'll find honor in the sight of God if you'll walk in wisdom. I'm going to tell you it's a very valuable thing. So number four is honor and respect. I, uh, one of the great prophecies of the latter days would reach a day where children would dishonor their parents. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3 if you want to look it up. But one of the signs of the latter days is that children would be so disrespectful to their parents. It was, what is the first commandment in the Bible of the promise? Not obey. Children, honor your parents. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you on the earth and that you may live long all the days of, that the Lord your God's given. My mom used to quote that verse to me. She said, you want to live long? You better honor me. I understood what she meant. But the Bible said that we find honor from that. Now, I want you to look with me. <clears throat> Number five is found in verse uh, 17. Her ways, remember uh, wisdom is referred to as her and she sometimes. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Pleasantness. How many of you want to enjoy your life? Does anybody here want to enjoy your life? Where does it come from? I know people that their life is a flipping train wreck. Everything they touch turns to pudding. I mean, they go from catastrophe to catastrophe. It's like, what is the daily do-do with you? What is going on here, Doc? And you know what I notice about people whose lives are just a train wreck? No wisdom. Because wisdom brings a pleasant life. I want you to look with me across the page. Chapter 4, verse 18. Chapter 4, verse 18 says this. The path of the just is like the shining sun that grows ever brighter unto the perfect day. Listen, if, if you're a wise person, your life should get better and better every day. It should grow. It should be brighter every day. But now see if you don't agree with verse 19. The way of the wicked is like darkness... They have no idea what makes them stumble. They don't know why their life's such a screwed up mess. Darkness is the lack of wisdom. I'm watching people live the most pitiful lives today, and now we want to blame it on something else. The bottom line is wisdom leads to an enjoyable life. Foolishness leads to pain. That's the theme throughout the book of Proverbs. Well, I made up my mind some time ago, I want to enjoy my life. 
I want you to enjoy your life too. That's why I fuss at you so much. <laughs> Tell me what the secret to a great life is, an enjoyable life. Get the wisdom of God. Find God's wisdom and walk in pleasantness is number five. Look with me at number six, back in Proverbs chapter three. The Bible says this. Verse, let's read verse 17 again. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. You want peace in life? There was wisdom and peace are always yoked together in the Bible. I, I see where we continue to climb in substance abuse, alcohol use. You know, I'm not fussing at people to do that. You know what they're looking for? Peace. We're looking for peace on the inside. Um, we're 5% of the world's population in America. We consume 50% of the world's narcotics and psychosomatic drugs. Excuse me, psychiatric drugs. You know what people are looking for? Peace on the inside. You want peace? Become a wise person. Get the peace of God on the inside. Excuse me, get the wisdom of God and you'll find peace in life. I'm, I'm addicted to peace. I like peace. I'm done with strife and I don't like being tore up on the inside and I don't like poor people being around me and fussing with me. I enjoy peace. Somebody should write a song, When peace like a river attendeth my way. And the Bible said, you want to walk in peace? Get the wisdom of God. It's already pretty valuable anyway. Number seven. Look with me down about verse, uh, put in verse 22. There'll be life to your soul, grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. You believe God can provide safety for you and your family? What does the Bible say? Love her, embrace her. You will walk safely and your foot will not stumble. The angels of God will surround you and protect you. And I'm telling you, thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, the glory and the lifter of my head. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people to protect them. You know why you can relax? And you say, well, in these terrible times we live in, which is greater, your God or your times? Let me tell you something. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he'll give his angels charge over you, and they'll guard you in all your ways. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear them, fear him, and protects them. Dear ones, wisdom and safety go hand in hand. I'm going to make a confession. When I was young, I was a daredevil and an adrenaline junkie, and I would do dumb things. And I've noticed now that I'm older than dirt. I'm a little careful what I climb on. I'm a little careful about how fast I drive. By the way, that's me that you're giving the finger to when I got everybody backed up in traffic. I'm the one. <laughs> I'm going to drive slow and enjoy my life. I, you can't imagine how many times folks in my church... Have, have ridden my rear end and all of a sudden they get around they give this look when they go around you and I just wave <laughs> pastor <laughs> you busted Dude, let me tell you something safety listen to Proverbs I love Psalm 4 it says this safety is of the Lord and a wise man's going to walk in safety a wise woman's going to walk in safety it's one of the promises of God alright let me show you another one we need in this land Proverbs chapter 3 Verse 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. You want a good night's rest? You want a clear conscience and a peaceful heart? You want to lay down and sleep like a baby? What does the Bible say? You said, all this comes out of wisdom. I'm telling you, wisdom is the principal thing. You need to get it. And you want to sleep good at night? You need wisdom. <clears throat> all right, let me, let me show you two more. Number nine, the Bible says this. How many of you know... Does anybody ever look out into the future and wonder what's going to happen? You ever look out into the future? Y'all do it all the time. Watch what the Bible says about wisdom. Verse 25, <clears throat> do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and keep your foot from being caught. 
confidence about the future. I have no idea what tomorrow holds, but guess what? I know who holds tomorrow. And I'm going to walk in wisdom, and my foot will not be snared. He'll take care of me. Listen, life's going to be great. Life's going to be wonderful. And it's the promise of the future. Now, that, that's the nine that are listed in Proverbs 3. <clears throat> Let me tell you one more major one that we're all looking for that is also covered in this great book called Proverbs uh, Relationships. Are we struggling with relationships in this nation? Marriage, family relationships. Are, are we getting along great in this nation? It ain't happening. Our relationships are shredded in this nation. You know why? No wisdom. I just stare at people and I just go, I just want to say to them in, in a pastoral tone, you done fell out of the idiot tree and hit your head on every limb on the way down, didn't you? I just look and say, why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why do you do that? You know why? We lack wisdom. That's why our relationships are ruined. One of the promises of God is, you walk in wisdom, you'll have great relationships. And the, one of the themes of Proverbs, the outstanding theme is how to get along with people. Listen, dear ones, you don't do but two things on this earth. Get along with God, get along with people. The rest of it is gravy. I'll give you a couple of examples. Number one, you want a great marriage, you need the wisdom of God. By the way, he invented it. Proverbs chapter 31, the picture of the virtuous wife. Her husband safely trusted her. She does him no harm. It's, it's just the, the wisdom of God just makes for great marriages. I watch people, they've been married 50, 60, Bob and Betty Dyer. They've been married 105 years. I'm, that's about, I think it's 72 or 3 right now. And they, they just love each other. They hold hands. They, they ain't got no teeth, but they still gum and kiss. And I, I just love them, dear. They go to church here. Wonderful guys. Matter of fact, I got to tell this on Bob. Some of you are nervous that as you get older, the spark might die and the romance might die and all that. Oh, no, no, no. It just, anyway. <clears throat> he was trying to help her out the chair at the kitchen table not long ago. And she fell and they both fell and he hit the floor and she fell right down on top of him. And then, you know, she just can't maneuver quite as well. And, and uh, she said, how, how are we going to get up? He said, why do we need to? He said, let's just stay down here. She said, the kids will come in. He said, they're married. <laughs> they, they hold hands. as they, I mean, dear ones, marriage is from wisdom. All right, what's the other thing we're longing for in this people, people long for? Friendships. Our friendships are being ruined today. And over and over, we're saying, where can you find a true friend? Let me just show you one word on friendship. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18. You talk about wisdom. I've had people say to me, I wish I could find a friend. Get the wisdom of God. Then wisdom leads to great friendships. And here's just one simple example of the wisdom that brings great friendships. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says this. A man who would have a friend must show himself friendly, and there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What does the Bible say right there? If you want a friend, become a friendly person. You, you, you sow friendship, and you'll have more friends than Carter's got liver pills. And the Bible is a book of wisdom on how to build relationships. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say it again. More than we need anything on this planet, we need the wisdom of God to know how to make great decisions, to know what to do in situations. If we just had the mind of God, could you imagine that, having the mind of God? What's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31 say? We have the mind of Christ. Imagine having the wisdom and mind of God to be able to make decisions. Don't let that uh, blow you away. Right, I'm gonna, now, I gave you a list of 10 things. I want to just, I'm going to 
count them off again. Happiness, health, wealth, honor, a pleasant life, peace, safety, a good night's sleep, future confidence, and great relationships. Can I ask you a question? What were you looking for? What were you, what were you looking for outside that list right there? Everything you're looking for, where does it come from? Wisdom is the avenue. Wisdom is the way he brings these things into our lives. Blessed is the man the scripture talks about. All right, number three. What is required to obtain wisdom? What do I have to do to have the wisdom of Solomon or the wisdom of God or to have the mind of Christ? Remember we read in James, anybody can have it. All people, you don't have to have a high IQ to have wisdom. Our IQ is inherited. You can't alter your IQ much. You can alter it a little bit, sharpen it. But wisdom, anybody can have wisdom and make great decisions. Right, what does the Bible say we have to do to have great wisdom? Let's turn and let's look again. James chapter 1, verse 5. Let's see something here. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be a trick question. Think about it before you answer. I bust people on this all the time. <clears throat> all right. James chapter 1, we read in verse 5 about finding wisdom. Now, if I decide that I want... If I decide I want to be happy and have a great marriage and have plenty to pay my bills and give to other people and I want to sleep good at night and I want to be healthy, if I decide I want wisdom, what do I need to do next? If I want what Solomon had, what's the next thing I need to do? All right, you go to James chapter 1, and uh, there's several things the Bible says I have to do to find wisdom. Now remember, answer me slowly. This is a trick question. Let's read it. First thing I need to do if I need wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it'll be given him. If I lack wisdom, what's the first thing I have to do? Did you say ask? You got busted. This is why we're in trouble. Go back and read it again. Before I need to ask, I have to, what's in front of ask? If any man what? Lacks wisdom. Demons, you can't have the wisdom of God till you start lacking wisdom. This is where we get in trouble right here. I don't need God's wisdom if I'm smart. If I know how to do everything and I got it all figured out, I don't need him to help me. What did Solomon say? Before he asked for wisdom, what did he say? I am a child. I, I don't know how to lead this people. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. What's, that, what's our word for that? Humility. Before I can find the wisdom of God, I got to humble myself and admit I am not an expert on child rearing. I do not know what I'm doing. I don't have a clue how to be married. I don't know how to pastor. I don't know anything. I'm not that smart. The first step to wisdom is to lack wisdom and to realize that you do, and to admit that you do, and to lack wisdom. I, uh, this is a great problem in our land right now. I walk into the corner store at Eli Whitney, there, our little corner general store, and the old country boys are hanging around. I hear one of them say, I'll tell you what's wrong with this nation. I'll tell you what's wrong with young people. And I think, I'll stay and listen to this because this is my line of work, finding out what's wrong. And you know what I find out when they start jabber-jabbering? They're as lost as a ball in high weeds. They don't know what's wrong with anything. I've never heard more experts that were clueless in my life than we got in the nation right now. Dear ones, we all need to humble ourselves and say, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Are you with me? What's the beginning of wisdom? When you're not smart. You don't need it if you're smart. You say, I know how to raise these young'uns. Good luck. So you're on your own, Bubba. Dear ones, I, I want to fall on my face before God and say, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I need your help. And uh, let me give you a couple of verses that will help us on this thing. 1 Corinthians 13 has two verses in it that say this. We know very partially, I think it's verse 12 says this, we see through a, a false frosted glass very dimly. You know what that means? We really know very little. 
We really don't know all that much. And uh, it's just a wise man will recognize that. I want you to listen to what John 7, 24, Jesus said, do not judge with an unrighteous judgment, but judge with a righteous judgment. Don't look at things the way you think you see them until God shows you what's going on there. You don't have a clue. That's what it means, judge with a righteous judgment. Let God tell you what's going on. You know, we look at young, have you ever been busted doing this? You ever looked at somebody and sized them up and thought you knew everything and found out you was wrong? Okay, it's good that that happened to you one time. How many times has it happened and we didn't know it? We need, to, we need to judge with a righteous judgment. We need to look at people, situations, attitudes, and say, what's going on here? And say, I really, I'll tell you what's wrong with them. Are you sure you know? Wisdom says, I really don't know anything until you show it to me. That's what it means, judge with a righteous judgment. That's why Jesus said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he said this, don't judge anything before the time, you'll miss it. Wait until he gets back and he brings the, the motives of every heart to light. And we need to look and say, I'll tell you what's wrong with them people. Be careful. I'll tell you what's wrong with that stupid teenager of mine. Be careful. <clears throat> I learned as a dad when we were going through them teenager years. Number one, quit fearing the teenage years. They're wonderful years. Going through them teenage years when something would happen and I, I would size up what's going on and I'd say, I'm going to straighten this out. And I learned before you open your mouth, you turn aside and be quiet and say, is there something I don't know here? And how many times did he, would he say to me, you think? And I learned, you pray before you go in there and tell folks what's going on. In other words, man's got a lack of wisdom. And uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. I hope this don't offend you. I've been so blessed because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. You want to be blessed? Be ignorant. And if you want to be blessed more, get ignoranter. Just stand there. I'm talking about in your prayer life. Don't stand there and tell God you know all about it. You don't know squat. To be like Solomon and say, I don't even know how to get out of bed. I don't know how to lead this people. I don't know how to do this stuff. I've got to have your help. You, you want to be blessed in every area? Tell them you don't have a clue. A fellow asked me the other day, said, would you mentor me as a pastor? I said, I don't even know what I'm doing. You come help me. We have got to be a people who understand maybe I don't know everything. Okay, we're not having any fun there. Number two. <clears throat> Listen to what the Bible says. I'm not going to ask for wisdom if I've got wisdom. Number two, you have to start refusing to lean on your own understanding. Go back with me to Proverbs. Let me show you something. Are you going to do what you think is smart? Or are you going to do what he says? Proverbs chapter 3. And many of you have memorized this great passage right here. There's, there's, there's uh, four verses here that everybody, I memorized this as a young man. And if we would just practice what it says here. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Everybody needs to memorize these verses and cling to them. I've had people say, this is my favorite verse in the Bible. Uh, one of them. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't do what you think is smart. I'm going to ask a question. Anybody here ever did what you thought was smart and it backfired? Let, go, go ahead. And, uh, yeah. Yes? What did it say? You shouldn't have done what you thought was smart. You should have trusted him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? You know why David was such a, why God loved David so much and blessed him so much? David was so successful in everything he did, but he never did it the second time the same way until he asked God first. One of the great pictures of this, David was in battle. He had defeated three countries by going in a certain way. Same battle plan every time, defeated three countries. And it came time for the fourth great battle. And he said, 
do I do as I did before when I was so successful? And the Lord said, no. Go around behind them. Come through the mulberry trees and attack them from behind, and you'll be blessed. You know why he so honored David? Because even after David was old and had been very successful, he still said, I still don't know what to do. I'm going to ask you first. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what's the promise? He will direct your paths. When does he tell us how to live and what to do? When we do what? You tell me what to do. You acknowledge him. What does the word all your ways mean? Does that include finances? Relationships? Does that include everything? I mean, all is a big word. Acknowledge him. Look with me in the next verse, verse 7. Do, do not be wise in your own eyes. Any way you cut it, what does that tell you right there? And so I don't want to look foolish. Why not? Dear ones, the wisdom of God is foolishness to the natural mind. That's 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. The wisdom of God seems foolish to the natural mind. For instance, I want to be blessed financially to take care of my family. So what's God's word to me? Hoard and save and lie and cheat. Tithe. It doesn't make sense to give money away if you need money, does it? What's he say? Trust me. Test me in this. See if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so there's not room enough to receive it. We decided we'd tithe when we were first knew, knew the marriage. We're going to tithe. If we don't eat, we're going to tithe. And we did, and we've been blessed beyond measure ever since. And don't do what's smart. Do what he says. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Trust the man. Let's read the last verse there. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It'll, verse 8, it'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Can you see that when a person says, I am not smart, I want to do what you tell me to do, he blesses it. All right, number three, if I need wisdom. <clears throat> we need to start recognizing Jesus as the source of all wisdom. Jude chapter 25 says this, to the Lord God who alone is wise. There's only one source of great wisdom in this earth. And it comes from heaven. And we need to realize I, I, the smartest guy that ever lived is right here inside of me. The wisest man that ever lived is right here inside of me. The Spirit of God is inside of me. That's why Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 says, The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes understanding. And then, of course, number four, you, let's get to the one you said was number one. James 1, 5. If any man lacks wisdom, we've got to get to that place of lacking. Let him ask God. Let me put something on you here. You make wisdom your number one prayer request for the rest of your life. You make the wisdom of God the number one thing you pray for the rest of your life. Because the Bible said, if you lack wisdom, ask. And he'll give it, to, he'll give it without, without suffering, and he'll bless you with it. Now, let me tell you how he gives wisdom. Jesus said in John chapter, 20, John chapter 14, he said, I'll give you my spirit, and he will put into your mind what I'm saying to you. Proverbs uh, says this commit your works to the lord your thoughts will be established you know where great ideas come from he'll put them right into your mind once you say tell me what to do and trust him to give you wisdom in that area now <clears throat> so make it our number one prayer because i'm gonna throw in one more now right, listen i need to if i want wisdom i gotta lack wisdom i gotta refuse to do what i think smart i gotta believe that jesus is the source of all wisdom i gotta ask him and i'm fixing to go deep on number five you ready if you ask him for wisdom, you need to stick around and listen to what he's got to say. You know what dumb is? You know what dumb is? Ask somebody for something and not listen to what they got to say. I'm over your head here. All right, you say, okay, okay, I'm listening. I'm not hearing anything. I'm listening. You listening in the wrong direction. 
This is wisdom, dear ones. I don't need to have to ask him if he's already written me a letter. God, that's good right there. There was, he has given you wisdom, but you've got to listen to his wisdom. Now, we're in Proverbs. Look with me in Proverbs 4, verse 20. Look what it says. My son. Paul's right there. I love the way through Proverbs. Over and over, he says, my son, my son. What do you hear? Do you hear the heart of God? Was, I, anybody here got children? Do you like to tell your children what to do? Let me, get, let me take a wild guess. You like to tell them more than they like to hear it. Am I right? I don't smart aleck my children, but you know, they, they ain't no sense in them bumping their heads if I've done it before. And uh, let me tell you what I found. I found that I love to, I love to help my kids. And I, I just want to say, no, no, don't, honey, don't do that. Don't date him. <laughs> this is wisdom speaking. Get away from them type people. Now, son, don't, don't do that. It's not a good investment. Don't do that. That's junk. Don't buy that. Don't say that. That's not smart right there. I love to help my, I'm not being, I just want to see my kids. I don't want to see them bump their heads like I had to. This is the heart of God saying, my son, my son, listen to me. He's not being hard. He's not wanting to run your life. He's wanting to save your life. And we, we got to hear the heart of God in this thing. That's why Proverbs 4.20 says this, my son, give attention to my what words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep in the middle of your heart. What does he tell me? Listen to my word. Get it inside of you. Here's the reason, verse 22. Life to those who find it and healing to all their flesh. You want a great life? Get these words inside of you. Let me tell you one of the secrets. I've shared this with people for 40 years, and some folks have listened, some have done it, and I've seen the difference. <clears throat> Proverbs is the book of wisdom. All right, listen to me carefully. Technology changes. Wisdom never changes. The same thing it took for a caveman to get along with his cavewoman is what we have to get along in marriage now. There is wisdom to live with people never changes through the ages. The book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom, and I've told folks there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. That's one for every day of the month. And I've had friends, I've suggested to them, you read the proverb that corresponds to the day of the month, start doing that, and do that, and see if in one year your life has not improved by 110%. You know what that's called? My son attending to my word. I love the Proverbs. I, I read them all the time. I just love to read them. And I've got great ones highlighted. I like to pick one out and meditate on it during the day. And let me tell you what will happen. If you'll put it in there, guess what will happen? Right, listen to me carefully. I'll be in situations and where, uh, as Elvis said, Lord Almighty, the temperature is rising. You know what I mean. I'll be in situations where it's, it's getting heated up. It's getting escalated. Somebody's losing, somebody's losing their cool, and this one's getting upset, and this is getting upset. And all of a sudden, into my mind will come these words, a soft answer turns away wrath. Guess who said that to me? Do you know why I could pull it up? Because I'd put it in there. Thy word have I hid in my heart. And it'll just come up, and all of a sudden, I'll say, well, there, there's the answer right there. So, and I'll just use a soft answer, and everybody just settle right down. I had a situation last week. Somebody was ready to... Uh, skin me and then hang my hat on the wall and then salt it down real good. And it took me about 10 minutes to get them back on my side and get everything settled down with a soft answer. It's not my, soft answers are not my nature. I'd rather shoot you and be done with it. However, I have decided to follow Jesus. Let me tell you something. If you will do what that man says, you'd be surprised what he'll do in your life. And many a times the Proverbs have just come up in my mind because for years I hid them down in my heart. I said, Brother Brown, I don't want to go to the trouble of learning it and having to get that stuff inside of me. Enjoy your sucky life. 
I can't, they, I ain't got no pills. I can't lay my hands on you. Wisdom doesn't come from laying my hands on you. My son, attend unto my word. Get in your heart. Get inside of you. It's life to those who hear it. Healing to all their flesh. Christian school that some of my uh, little kids in my church years ago went to. Faith Christian school down at Ramsour. And they, every year, every senior spent the whole year in their Bible class studying the Proverbs. I heard that and I said, well, that's a lot of studying in one book. I followed those kids for 30 years now. They got some of the greatest lives because they got this book down in their hearts. And the wisdom of God was inside of there. And just, just, we've just got to learn to listen. Let me quote, a, let me, uh, let me, I want you to remember Proverbs chapter 13. Let's do one more before we have to split. Proverbs chapter, excuse me, dismissed, 13. One of the secrets to being wise and having the wisdom of God is found in Proverbs chapter 13. All right, now I've had young people say this to me. See if you've ever heard this before. You can't judge me by my friends. That's exactly what I do. I just start laughing when they say it. And I say, sweetheart, the reason we put, you can't judge a book by its cover. Why do we put covers on them? <laughs> I will judge your book by your cover. You, let, let, look right here. According to this book, show me who you hang around with. I'll tell you where you're headed. Show me who you run with. I'll tell you where you're headed. I will judge you by you. I'm not going to be ugly and judge you. I'm just going to tell you where you're headed by the friends you run with. All right, watch what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13. Verse 20, he who walks with the wise will become wise. How do you get wise? What does it say? Walk with wise people. You want to be wise? Hang around wise people. I read that and I thought, <clears throat> do this right here. I thought to myself, I want to be, listen, I've seen the value of wisdom. I've seen what wisdom can do in people's lives and homes. I know the value of wisdom. I want to be a wise man. I'm not, I, I wasn't very smart for a long time. Still got a lot to learn. But I said, I want to be wise. Therefore, what do I need to do? I need to surround my, I need to walk with what? Wise people. So I said to myself, self, you got to be wise. You got to walk with wise people. I said, self, who's the wisest man you know? Guess who I came up with? This might take a wild guess. The Lord, Jesus, the Lord gives wisdom. You want to be wise? Walk with God. Listen to him. Listen to what he's got to say. I've learned a lot of things just listening to people. But if you want to be wise, walk with a wise man. Jesus is the wisest man I ever know. And I would encourage you, surround yourself with wise friends. You say, well, I can't get nobody to run with me. <laughs> I know the Bible inside out. I've been doing this 40 years. I have wise people's devotion sent to me every day, and I read num a number. No, I, know every, I know every verse they're doing, but I want to hear what they got to say. Surround yourself with wisdom. It's out there. Watch the other half in Proverbs 13, 20. The companion of fools will be destroyed. In other words, you're not going to change that. You're not going to rewrite it. He said, well, I, I don't think it hurts to hang around these people. You will be destroyed if you hang around fools. The Bible is very clear. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. Do not be dece don't deceive yourself. Bad company destroys good morals. Who you run with will have an effect on your life. <laughs> Grandma, you, you may hear, by the way, here's a proverb. This is Grandma's proverb. She got it out of Proverbs 13, 20. You lay down with the dogs, you're going to get up with fleas. <laughs> Dear ones. You want to be wise, run with wise people. And Jesus is about the smartest man I know. Wisest man I know. <clears throat> All righty. Let me quit by telling you what's coming in the future right now. Last day's prophecy. What is the opposite of wisdom in the Bible? What's it called? It's called two things. Darkness and blindness. 
Anytime the Bible talks about darkness, like in Ephesians chapter 4, he said they've had their hearts darkened, their minds have been darkened and cut off from the life of God. That means that wisdom's been taken away from them. Well, darkness is the opposite of wisdom, but blindness, blindness is the opposite of wisdom also. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about people who are not wise. Matthew 15, 14, he said this. If blind leaders lead blind people, will they not all go in the ditch? If people who don't have wisdom try to lead people who don't have wisdom, where are you going to end up? All right, let me ask you a question. Guess how we got where we're at in this nation today? Unwise people leading unwise people. All right, this is the prophecy of the latter days. We're seeing this come to pass. However, <clears throat> let me make an announcement. The Lord has not stopped giving wisdom. From his mouth still comes understanding. But I don't know what to do in these days. I know somebody that does. You need to hook your wagon to him. You need to listen to what he's got to say. I don't want to finish with this statement. You want to prosper? I don't know anybody. I've never had anybody actually say to me, I hope my life sucks. I hope I have the worst life. I hope everything goes wrong in my family. I'm just looking for a bad life. Can you help me, preacher? I said, no, you, you's looking for daytime soap operas. That's what you're looking for. You done called the wrong man here. Everybody I know is trying to find a better life. Everybody I know wants their families to do well. They want, their, they want a better life. They want their community. They want their church to do well. We want our community. We got one of the greatest little communities here in Alamance. I love this community. We got one of the greatest. We want, our, we want life to do well. All right, listen. If you want to prosper personally and you want your family to do well, if you want your business to do well or your school to do well, more than anything else, make wisdom the number one desire of your life. If you'll pursue wisdom, the Bible said this, embrace her, she will promote you. It talks about dancing with wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Chase her and embrace her and love her and know this. I want you to hear the heart of God. If you lack wisdom, I'll give it to you. The Lord gives wisdom. All you have to do is ask me. I'll give it to you freely. And we're going to ask in faith, believe in that. All right? <clears throat> I want you to be people that chase wisdom. Let me give you some for instances here as we close. We, for instance, we meet as elders. We've got elders in our church. We're tasked with leading the church. That's a, uh, I'm, I'm grateful, but you know that we've got to make decisions that alter people's lives. Let me make an announcement. I am not that smart. And the last thing in the world I'm going to do is lean on my experience. I am not that smart. So we, we pray a lot as elders. And before we ever start, we always pray. Start, we always pray this prayer. We pray and I claim... Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, which says this, commit your works to the Lord, your thoughts will be established. And I pray and I say, we don't want our will done in here. I don't want my personal opinions in the way. I don't care what I want. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I mean that. And as long as your heart is humble before him and you mean that, he will order your steps. He'll direct your thoughts. He'll help you make wise decisions and uh, give him the credit as people say, man, this is really working out good. And you just go, yeah, and I don't know where it came from either because it sure wasn't me. <laughs> I wanted a great family, but I didn't know how to do family. I don't know how to be married. I don't know how to raise kids. I'm clueless. So we, I began to pray even when our kids were just, before they were born, began to pray. My kids have never been in existence one day that I hadn't prayed over them for wisdom, to have wisdom, not to raise kids. And we've been blessed beyond measure. <clears throat> I'm not that smart. I'm serious, I'm not that smart, but I know somebody that is. And the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes understanding. Dear ones, in every area of life, it's like he's saying, if you'll just ask me, I'll tell you what to do. And you do what I tell you, it'll work. And you'll have the wisdom of God. I want you to have a great life. Your father wants you to have a great life. 
but you've got to listen to him. All right, anybody here ever had that glorious day in your life when your teenager turned 16 and they drove for the first day? Y'all remember that day? How many of you saw it different on that day than when you turned 16 and drove? How many of you was glad when your mom would give you the keys and get out of your face and leave you alone so you'd go out there and spin the wheels? First thing I ever did, we've been working on this car as my car turned 16. First thing I ever did is get out of earshot of the house and I smoked them down. I never was allowed to spin the tires with mom in there. So as soon as I got where she couldn't hear it, and then it was, I thought, well, that ain't as big a deal as I thought it was. And you, you give your kids the keys, you hand them to them. You did one of two things when you handed a child the keys. You either blessed him or you killed him. Based on what? The car? No. Whether they have wisdom or not. You throw the keys to a kid who's not wise, you probably killed him. Or you heard it, possibility. You throw the kids to the keys that flies, you can go back in there and go to bed and forget about it. You'll be fine. Pray for your children to get wisdom. Pray, listen, pray for wisdom more than anything else. And do me a favor, stay out of the top of the idiot tree. And if you get up there, climb down. Don't fall down and hit your head on every limb on the way down. Lord Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you tonight. I hear the cry of a father's heart that says, I'd give you wisdom if you'd ask. Father, you created everybody in this room right here tonight, everybody watching. We just want a better life. We want the life Jesus died to give us. We want to hear the heart of the Father. We want to live in your grace. We want great lives. We want to know the love of God. We want to know the peace of God in our lives. We want the security of God in our homes and our families and our communities. We want the prosperity of God. We want to be able to live comfortably and help other people. We long for what we were created to long for. But you alone can give that wisdom. I, I pray tonight for the understanding that the Lord gives wisdom. And if you want greatness in life, it comes through having wisdom. And I thank you and praise you that you've made the greatest gift available, which is your son's life for our souls. But the wisdom of God, I want to praise you and thank you. Your word says, of God are you in Christ Jesus, who has become unto us wisdom from God. I want to pray for every person in this room that they'll trust you and simply just make wisdom the number one thing they pray for in their lives and then put themselves in a place where they can hear what you've got to say through your word and know that man's going to lead me to the best places. I want to thank you tonight. If we would just listen and have the wisdom of God, the Lord would be our shepherd. You'd make us lie down in green pastures. You'd take us to still waters. You would restore our souls. We could walk through this crazy valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because you're with us. I, I pray people would abandon their lives to the wisdom of God and say, help me. Father, I pray for a spirit of repentance and humility that says, I'm not that smart. I don't have it all figured out. I need help. I thank you that you honor the man like Solomon who says, I, I can't do this. can't lead this people unless you give it to me. Thank you that you honor that. I give you the praise and glory for your goodness. I feel especially compelled tonight to ask that you would humble us, that all of us would be a little slower to judge, a little quicker to say what's your take on this thing, a little more careful about how we think we see things, and know that wisdom comes from the Lord alone. And I want to praise you and thank you that I found the mercy of God. I thank you that I deserve great judgment. And you not only forgave me, but you took what I deserved and laid it on your son. As the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. I'll never, I'll never understand that. But I will believe it and worship you for it. Thank you for your kindness to us. And I pray on every family in this room, every place in this room. How many times have I seen messes turned into miracles? Because people humbled themselves and said, help me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. 
help me know what to do. Thank you for the greatest source of wisdom in the universe, which is your heart. And I praise you and thank you. I pray for every person in this room to seek the wisdom of God and know that man's going to help me. He's going to give it to me. I trust you for that. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.